Welcome back to Underexposed Podcast. Today I'm here with Angie Hayes, photo retouching artist and all around amazing human being. We spoke before this. I think we became best friends. So we're hoping to recapture the magic today. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, our last conversation was was good. It had me like really fired up and feeling like I might actually do something with my life. So it, it's good. <laughs> I'm that person. If you ever need motivation, that's sort of my jam. I'm here for that kind of energy. So, yeah, you, you know, it's about getting old. I think, you know, you get older and you realize that, you know, life is short and, you know, we're all together on this spinning ball in the outer space. <laughs> it all goes by in like a blip in like yeah. such a short moment. Like we sort of have to love it and we have to be extraordinary because it's all going to end. You know, it's like exactly. you have to live it up. That's why I love photography because I'm able to sort of capture those moments and kind of slow down time. I know that that's kind of right off the bat is kind of something that's really out there. But anyway, uh, let's no, start. No, it's not out there. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, that, that's good. I mean, why would it? I mean, why? Why? Actually, I'm curious. Why did you change to photography, and what? What is it that makes you feel like you have to do this? Oh, she's like, flipping I'm the interview already. I'm let's it on do you. it. Like, I, I what love makes it. you? I mean, what is that spark where it's like this is what I need to do? I, I was doing design for a while and I kind of haphazardly came into that because like I was good at Photoshop in high school and then I just partied through high school. I went to community college and then to get a bachelor's degree, I was in like the guidance office, whatever, like the bursar, whatever you call it. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do like marketing, like commercials and stuff. That'd be fun. And they were like, oh, well, we've seen your math scores and you can't add. So let's see, maybe we'll do like graphic design. And then I got into graphic design. I took all these random like photography courses and I'd always kind of had an interest in photography. That was always the, th the thing that I was fascinated with was like photography and filmmaking. They, they were sort of like electives and stuff and mm -hmm. design was good, but I always felt as if I would look at other people and I would think that there's no way that I could do that. And then like I knew what good design looked like, but in terms of seeing myself doing that one day or having like the skill set to do it, seemed impossible but then photography especially like when COVID hit i couldn't put my camera down and um I, I know he's a friend of yours but this conversation that i had with arts driver really set me off to to recognize just how much i did love photography and i think because we were in that weird kind of moment of rethinking life i also like got sober during COVID, so it was sort of a time of it was a time of reflection to begin with but then for me it was the first time in my life i felt like i had clarity and then talking to art. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a fresh start sort of thing. And then I was talking to Art Schreiber and I was really scared uh, and nervous about it. And he was just an absolute sweetheart, um, but also gave me some tough love and just told me like, you know, mm -hmm. stop making excuses and get out there and start photographing people outside of just, you know, my, my beautiful wife. So then, you know, ADD run riot. I was like, you know what? Screw my whole other podcast. Let's just start. <laughs> Since we're starting at square one, let's start a whole new podcast and start off with like 27 listeners and just, yeah, you know, hey, enjoy it way you more. You have some amazing guests though. I have to say, I mean, I've been listening to them and they're great. And like, I mean, I feel so honored to be in their company. You know, I mean, have Arn and have Victoria and have Jeff and Chris. I mean, it's, it's all great stuff. I mean, for you to have just started this, that's insane. I'm going to mess yeah. it up. But do you know the book War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Yes, I listened uh, to it on Audible one time. Book. Yeah. Yeah, you have to listen to it like once a year. It's just amazing. But he says something like, it's better to be, I'm going to slightly miss it, but I think I'm going to get the gist. It's something like, it's better to be in the arena with the bull than in the stands or in the audience. And Ooh, that's, that's kind good. of how, 
you know, it's just a great way to sort of, if you think about in starting an art career, something like starting photography or switching careers, you know, doing anything creative, it's, it's amazing because it's hard. It's worth it because it's difficult, because it's so rewarding, you know? And so I just love that quote from him because I think it's just such a perfect thing. It is really intimidating in a way to, to talk to people like that, because on the one hand, like you're meeting someone who's sort of like a hero, you know, they say like, don't meet your heroes. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh no, like what if they don't like me? Or, or what if they, <laughs> what if I get a vibe? Like, I, like I, I'm full of shit from them kind of thing. But yeah, it, it has been doing it. You know, I, I think it's amazing. I think a lot of people would talk about what you're doing. You know what I mean? They talk mm -hmm. about the idea of it and it would excite them so much, but then they might be intimidated by some of the things you're saying. Like maybe, you know, it would be, yeah, they wouldn't feel comfortable talking to these people that are these giants to them, but you are actually doing it, you know, like that, yeah. that's, you have to take a second and like, feel pretty I'm, awesome I'm, about that. I'm feeling it. It feels good. It feels amazing. Yeah. It's important. And I, I put you right alongside with those people. I, I know that when I, when I first set out on this journey and started, you know, just kind of digging in, okay, like, you know, I want to do celebrity portraiture, editorial design, that kind of stuff. I want to be one of those people who, by the way, I just got my first I, I've had like the softbox version of it, but I got my first beauty dish, which oh. I feel like it feels like it's a watershed moment for me kind of Love thing. A beauty dish, yeah. I'm trying to get my Vic Victoria Will kind of vibe <laughs> on. <laughs> I told her about it, so I feel the like light it's okay. Is everything. I mean, we're all obsessed yeah. with light. I feel like if you, you know, whether you're drawing, painting, anything that's creative, we're all, it's where it begins, you know, yeah. the obsession with light, color, shadow. I know. Well, let's talk about you. Now I'm throwing it back in your, the, the ball is going back in your court. How did you, how did you come around to this now that I've given you my mm. um, somewhat boring origin story? No, did, it's not boring. <laughs> how did no, you come around to this? Story is ever boring. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm done soaking up the compliments, I'm, I'm putting the focus back on you. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of long, but to make it super short, I I mean, I've just always wanted to create things when I was little. You know, I was the super shy kid, like drawing in the corner, you know, by myself and. I just knew I wanted to do something in art. And so I started out more traditional. So drawing, painting, I went to college um, with a double major actually doing um, fine art and photography. And then I switched into photography, but this was such a long time ago. So they didn't have, there was no like Photoshop. I mean, there was a, a beginning web design class, which was 1998. So I'm like classically trained. So we did four by five camera, like all the darkroom stuff. Nice. And. Um, and that school in particular, they told you, they're basically like, you're not going to make money. Like, don't get a career in the arts if you expect to make money. And uh, tried to scare you, you know, it's very much like, you know, <laughs> real life stuff. And um, I got a job as a photographer out of college and um, ended up having to move across the country for that. But it was like the holy grail to everyone. It was actually a competition to win this job. Um, and... I won't get into that, but um, basically, you know, I taught myself Photoshop um, at that time. I just sort of realized that, you know, I love that part of it because for me, like I was a studio shooter. I was never good at the shooting people out in the street, like reportage kind of stuff. I was very much the take something like painting or drawing, take something that doesn't exist, a black room and then put things in it and try to match what is in my head, you know, try to, that was always the goal. It's like, whether it's a drawing, no matter what it was. And so Photoshop for me, you know, learning it, teaching myself, it was like, like opening up a whole world of possibilities of like, I could do anything. It's just a matter of learning. And so, um, this was before YouTube and all that, um, stuff. And it was even before there weren't really any 
Like, I remember I used Photoshop when there weren't layers. <laughs> so oh my you God. can imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, yeah, quite a long time ago. So what I did is I would create these project for my, projects for myself that were really ridiculous. And that's how I learned how to do things. And, um, you know, learning all the tools, basically, which is what I always tell people, because I get that question a lot, like how to teach yourself how to learn. And, and it's a different world now. There's you, There's so many easier ways to learn than the way I did. But I feel like there's something kind of amazing about teaching yourself and learning things the hard way because you're not you're not put in this box where you are mimicking someone else. You've learned all the tools, you've created your own methods. I wasn't taught by anyone else, so I don't have like, you know, these things that look like anyone else. Like it's very much I kind of go with the whole if it's easy, you're doing it wrong mentality. Like I, you know, I'm all about things looking well, the retouching being invisible. Like I, I like it to be that the photography is the star. I'm sort of the secret weapon, you know, so the way that I do things, I love that. the way that I taught myself, it is to, to retain all the texture that I can taking. It's kind of like good makeup artistry in a way. It's like you take longer to look like it, to make it look like you've done less. Oh, and that to so me good. is like the best type of, you know, of post-production. And really as time goes on and the industry changes, I mean, I really miss retouching in the days of film because we had so much time because, you know, back in those days they had to wait for the film to get processed and then they had to get, you know, contact sheets made. And there was, there was such a, you know, fantastic like amount of time to really, you know, have that attention to detail, look at it multiple times, you know, discuss it, collaborate. And, you know, you still get to do that now in a sense, but everything speeds up by the month. It seems like, you know, mostly by the, you know, yearly, you can see these enormous, changes and just the time that photographers have the time that retouchers have the time that you know any sort of publication has to turn something around so how i started was of course wanting to be an artist and and photographer and i still do all that stuff and i still try i mean i don't have a lot of free time because you know i try to take as much work as i can and that's my biggest problem is that like i do work with amazing people and there are only so many hours a day so i used to have like five employees i used to use freelancers and now I'm at a point, especially the pandemic, I feel like, like you were saying, like the pandemic, I feel like we all were schooled in so many things <laughs> and we really did reevaluate a lot of um, things in our lives. And for me, you know, I would hire people and I would just pay them because I would never not pay them and I would redo their work because I'm just such a perfectionist with certain things and I want it to be a certain way. So now I, it's just me because it's so much more efficient. My clients know that I'm the only one that touches their files. I'm very protective of their raws. I save them, you know, I, we have like, you know, my clients in particular, I feel like I have such beautiful relationships with them as people, you know, as, um, you know, working professionals, as friends. And so, you know, now because it's just me, I can only do so much physically <laughs> and still sleep. And I'm that kind of person where I have given up entire days. I've, you know, I've, I've stayed awake for three straight days for myself for an art project in college, just to prove a teacher wrong. But then for my job, I've done a max of two full days staying awake. And so I'm that kind of person. I've spent 20 years. I've never missed a deadline. I never nice. will. And so I always will go above and beyond. So like, I'm at that point now where I'm trying to still do all that and take as much as work as, you know, as much as I can to like keep people happy and, and working for them. But then also trying to get some of my personal stuff going because ultimately 
we have to do those things that light us up, you know, and yeah. and it also influences the work that I do. You know, I feel like I would be a totally different retoucher if I didn't start out drawing and painting and being a photographer. It's like I still shoot. So I understand everything that they're talking about. And that's valuable to them because also before a shoot, if they talk to me, a lot of times we can save time and money. You know, if they're going to shoot something where these subjects have to be cut out, for example, um, people always want to shoot on white. And I'm always telling people like, please don't shoot on white. If you have any like rim light, any edge light, any hair light, if someone's got blonde hair or a white shirt, because they're becoming part of the background. So if you needed to cut them out and let's say put them on a darker tone, then all of your white disappears. And also, you know, of course, being a photographer, when you shoot on white, light wraps everywhere. So you have these white edges along the skin. So stuff yeah. like that. So I feel like if I wasn't a photographer first, then I wouldn't be able to, you know, it wouldn't inform a lot of, you know, the things I talk about with clients, like as far as like their shoot and ways that they can like make it look more realistic, you know, depending on what they're doing, you know, and also clients too, like how, you know, how you can do stuff on the front end to make it, you know, easier on the back end. And, and because now, <laughs> you know, like I was saying earlier, there's just so much less time right. in, the, in the photo world to get yeah. things done. You know, you have such a an amazing group of people that you work with. Some of my favorite photographers, you know, Peggy Sirota, Art Stryber, like the list goes on. How did you go about making those relationships initially? I know that you've been at this for a long time, but, you know, to to have the trust of, of such amazing photographers, like, how did that, how did you get that locked down, that first initial relationship and, and, and how has it grown ever since? So I, well, when I first started out, I started out working for just photographers. Um, it's funny, like back when film turned into digital, um, there were a lot of photographers that were struggling. So people would hire me to like, they'd shoot a wedding and they, it was their first time shooting digital. And I had to resurrect the files from like darkness because they didn't know what they were doing, you know, in their settings. Right. So I started out working for individual photographers and then I worked at a series of labs um, back when there were more photo labs. So when I moved to California, um, I started out at a lab there, Pro One in Hollywood, and then I moved to, to Digital Fusion. And so a lot of my relationships were just from like meeting people at those places. And I would do a lot of other things too, um, you know, like scanning film and, and doing large format printing. And so I'd meet people through that. And so people just got to know me and form relationships. And, um, you know, I was the kind of employee too, where like I would have stayed you know, at all the jobs, like forever, if I could, but it was always like circumstances that kind of forced me to leave, you know, where it, you know, the lab business kind of, it was amazing at one point and like a huge community back in like, oh, the early 2000s, it was like an amazing place to work. And then it just gradually, you know, everyone started doing things on their own and breaking off. And so that's how I ended up sort of on my own. And it was a scary time. And, you know, I, um, wasn't sure what was going to happen, but people followed me and found me and, you know, it, through word of mouth too. I've never, I'm so blessed truly. Like I've never advertised. I've never had to do anything. It's all just been word of mouth and people, you know, meeting me and, and getting to work with me and realizing that I'm a crazy person <laughs> that loves their photos <laughs> as much as they do. Right. <laughs> They're like my babies, you know, I take care of them for a little bit and then I have to give them back. So I think it's just more like forming those relationships, getting the opportunity where you, and you don't waste it, you know? So yeah. it's like, that's that's a big thing, I think, where I feel like I've been very blessed in a lot of ways in my career, but also at the same time, like whenever an opportunity presents itself, you know, like 
I'll work tirelessly to make sure I do my absolute best. And, and also, ultimately, my job is to make, you know, my client happy, but then they have a client as well a lot of times. So it's a lot of people pleasing, which is, is in my DNA. Like I, you know, I was a straight A <laughs> student, teacher's pet, total nerd. So like <laughs> I get joy out of doing my best, even if no one sees it, you know, even if I'm like cleaning a toilet or something, I'm going to do it well. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I did that thing. 110%. Right. So like, I think a lot of it comes from that too. And then also just, you know, I, I'm fortunate that the people I've met, we also connect on personal levels too. And there's that. And then once you kind of form that bond and, um, honestly, like I've heard so many horror stories from other people. I know a lot of retouchers in the industry and like, for me, I don't know, I just have the best people and it's just, it's just kind of a, I mean, there have been, you know, I feel like in a way too, though, it's an evolution of over time, like this is the work that you end up doing or that sometimes because I don't have as many employees as I used to, I can only take on certain things. So it's also very streamlined and, uh, and in general, there's just not as much work as there used to be too. So I'm really fortunate to have had made those bonds in the, you know, in earlier years, because I can't imagine starting out now versus like the heyday of editorial, like 2014, you have like, you know, every magazine you could think of, I'd have like, you know, 20 jobs in one week. And now sometimes you can go weeks and weeks without one you know, editorial job because there's such fewer, fewer publications now. When you get someone's photos and you're working with them, maybe for the first time or you're developing that relationship, is that a nerve wracking experience when you're, when you're dealing with somebody who, um, you know, like they, it... they too are really meticulous about things and, and mm. how do you That's find that balance? That's a super good question. Yeah. I love this question. I Let's love it. Go. I love it. There's so many <laughs> things, so many things um, to tackle about it, but um Really, I used to be intimidated by it. And I used to get like kind of nervous. And it's like, oh, you don't know. Because way back in the day when I was more in the lab business, you would get some crazy people. Not going to name any names, but at one point, see, back in the day too, I used to do retouching where they'd sit next to you. Oh. And like imagine doing like your masterpiece oil painting by yourself versus like people over your shoulder, right? There's a huge, there's a difference in the dynamic. And I remember sitting with this person and he was talking to his dog instead of talking to me. He was like telling his what? dog, like, oh, I think she made that a little too dark. And like, so, like, what? <laughs> so yeah, oh so God. like I've had experience that were absolutely bananas and would blow your mind. But that was <laughs> a long time ago. Whereas now what's crazy is I love it. Like I love when there's a new client and I'm going to have a conversation with them. And I just enjoy talking about imagery so much as far as like what a person envisions and like the way, you know, they think their image can go from point A to point B and to kind of have an actual discussion about what we can do and like what's possible and like be able to deliver that, you know, I feel like there's something incredibly exciting about that beginning and like not knowing sort of how you're going to work together. Every photographer is different. Like some people like to be very hands-on and they have a lot of like deliberate, you know, they have very intentional um, notes and very specific, you know, like I need this and this and this and like it's, it's very structured and it's already decided. And then other people are very free about it. And some people even say, just do your thing, go crazy. Like I've had notes like get nuts. Like I've had, you know, just do whatever you want. So the sliding scale of that, you know, from like basically telling me exactly what they need with no, you know, variation, no fluidity, just like black and white versus like someone that's like, do anything you want, you know, like there is such a huge in between. But um, the best thing I can say to anyone 
that wants to, you know, either do posts themselves or like yourself, like decide on a look and kind of working with like what you want to do for your photography or, you know, someone that needs to communicate it to a retoucher, I would say the best possible thing you can do is have a vocabulary and have a language for what you want. Because the only time things aren't amazing when I'm with working with an, a new person is when they don't have the words that correlate with what it actually means. Like I've had situations where a good example is where, you know, you work on an image, you get it to a place. I always send it to them for review. And then we sort of, you know, get feedback and talk about it. And then, you know, do more, do more to the image if it's necessary. So I've had times where someone was like, oh, add a bunch of contrast. I want it to be really contrasty. I send it to them and they're like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why this looks this way. That's not what I meant at all. And then you find out that their definition of contrast isn't actually the real thing, you know, and, and like, I'll be, what you can do, the best thing you can do is say, oh, can you send me a reference or an example of what you mean? So in that case, they sent me this image that wasn't a photo. It was like a graphic, um, more like an illustration. And it, there was no white point and there was no black point. And all it was, was like shapes that had a lot of empty space, like a lot of negative space, a lot of white space. So then we got on the phone and I was like, so I don't think you want contrast because this has no white and this has no black. What you want is you basically want something to look more isolated with a lot more negative space. You want something to stand out. So right. never in a million years would you think somebody <laughs> meant that when they said contrast. So that doesn't happen very often. I feel like most people are very knowledgeable with their words and understand how to communicate what they want. And I'll usually ask for references to sort of avoid that. But um, but I think the best thing any creative can do, I mean, even if you're a painter, anyone that wants to make things, create things that are in their head, or, you know, if you're a shooter that finds a moment, you know, then <clears throat> that whatever you want to create, if you can know within your own mind, you know, what you want and the, the sort of things in an image that, you know, really speak to you and, and speak to what you want for your style, then it's just, it's so much better. And it's, I mean, the one way I explain it to new people too is imagine if you were going somewhere, like you had somewhere to go and you didn't know the area, like you flew to a different country or whatever. Imagine going to that destination with a map that made sense and you knew, you knew, you knew that you had to turn a couple places and you get there. But then imagine going to that same destination with no map and no idea how to get there. Like it's the same kind of thing. Like when you know <clears throat> and you have a language and you've talked about it, with a client, with a photographer, whatever the uh, assignment is, if you know where you're going, you can get there so much faster. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't know, <laughs> you know, what I mean? if you don't know where you're going, um, then that becomes a very not fun thing sometimes, but then it can be fun too. But really having a general idea of what you want, you're always, everyone's going to be happier in the end and being able to talk about it. Without, like, sometimes you don't know and that's and okay stuff, too. Right. And that's, where yeah. a retoucher could like suggest things or, you know, where you can kind of find it together through like visuals or whatever it might be. It's kind of like if you were on that same road trip and then you saw a sign for like seeing the the world's largest peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, yeah, I'm gonna stop there, you know? <laughs> or maybe it's the world's first porcupine racetrack. Like I got it, that's a detour. Like I'm not going I mean, to that other place. We're going. I gotta see this porcupine racetrack, <laughs> you know? So, so it's kind of like having a destination, but also being open to you know the muses like being open to being inspired and doing something different because sometimes that's amazing and that's the magic you know sometimes somebody wants something you know in color and they have this whole idea but you show them some crazy warm tone black and white that's like super nostalgic and all of a sudden they're in love and and then there you are
you're obviously working with these fantastic photographers who are in many cases like the best in the world and you're getting these beautiful images and i would imagine that at that caliber like that art striver by the way shout out art striver i'm giving him lots of love on every podcast i hope he doesn't think i'm obsessed with him but some <laughs> someone like okay. art someone like art is going to get you a perfectly exposed photograph you know what i mean like he's just a master of his like uh practice when you get that and it's like perfectly captured in camera do you ever have sometimes you're like i don't want to edit this like too much does it ever come out and, and like you don't want to tweak it at all and what do you do in those situations because some people are like strikingly beautiful it's a perfectly lit thing <laughs> then what do you do and how do you like justify it you know what i mean um well i think a lot of times if it were up to me i would do less um especially with older actresses and actors um I'm a big fan of wrinkles. I think we earn them. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, the industry that we work in, there is something to be said for, like, certain editors of magazines or whatever that job might be. Um, they want to keep their icons iconic. You know, they want to keep those particular people happy. So, you know, if it's a big celebrity, um, there's a lot involved. You know, it could be thing, notes from their publicist. It could be what the photographer wants to do. A lot of times they have oh, conversations so cool. on set. so cool. I want to know about that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things tell me going what you on. Tell me, yeah. <laughs> so, because you've got, sometimes you have the publicist, sometimes you have the editor of the magazine, sometimes you have the photographer's notes. Um, I'm kind of at the very bottom. Like I don't really, um, I mean, there's only, there's sometimes in certain types of work where I can be like, well, this is what I would do. And like, maybe it will happen. But, um, for the most part, it's really about what the client needs and, and how I can make that happen for them. And, and sometimes that's, you know, like I said, multiple cooks in the kitchen, if there is like a publicist or if there's, you know, certain needs expressed like explicitly by the person themselves. Like there are some actresses where they're like, I don't care what you have to do, but I can't have neck wrinkles in this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, so normally I try to do, you know, the best that I can to make sure that it looks as natural as possible. I mean, I'm the kind of person that has, I've added wrinkles back when people have Botox too much, like because that doesn't help me in either. Like people Botox themselves, it's like, they're, it's, it looks so much, you know, it looks really strange to me, but that's the world we live in. You know, it's very, if you look at Hollywood, if you look at like the bigger actors, like, you know, they all kind of have to go with what the other people are doing too. Like in the industry, like everyone sort of does certain things to, you know, keep themselves, you know, looking how they want to look. And right. so, um, so yeah, there's so many different things that come into play depending on what is asked of me. So I just try to do the best within that. I mean, sometimes I will fight for things. Like sometimes I'll say, okay, this is too far, but really it's, it's not about me. I mean, sometimes I'll just feel like better about that saying that like, well, I just, I know that you want this and I'm going to do this for you, but I think it looks much more natural if we keep it, you know, dialed back to this. And so right. I try to, to do that, but really it's, it's up to what is going to make them happy. Um, yeah. And what they think is best for the job. I mean, in some cases, you know, uh, I feel like I'm at the point now, years and years ago, I wouldn't have done it, but that, there's definitely jobs I've turned down where I feel like they've changed. They wanted to change the person too much and I just wasn't comfortable with that. Um, as a whole, if you compare me to other retouchers, I feel like my stuff is not as done, but I feel like there's a lot more work to make it look as if it's not as worked, you know, if that makes sense. So yeah, um, so yeah I do try um, to be on that side. I also think it's trends too. There was a time where, oh my gosh, like everybody wanted everything to be super glossy and super overdone. And 
and they you would get requests and they would you know specifically say like i want this to look this way you know like like i forget the terms even now or there are some terms i'd use i don't know if i want to put that out there but they would reference <laughs> certain photographers and be like we want it to look glossy like this and yeah so um you know that was i don't feel like that's not right now though you know right now it is a little bit more about scaling back and more about things being authentic and you know and so there's the trends come into play too but then ultimately it's about the photographer and their specific look and everybody kind of has you know like when you are working with somebody for a while you kind of get a sense of like how far they might want to take something and it's really rare for somebody to not want to do anything like pretty much everything i work on has celebrity at this point. I mean, some things don't, but I would say most of the work that I do is celebrity. So, um, I've never had it where people don't want to do something. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a pretty long list. In Photoshop, are you using like a, a tablet or like a, with a pen, global dodge and burn, the layering? How should I be doing? How could I help me be more like you is what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> right now I can't afford it, but I will do my best to pretend that I'm you. <laughs> when I'm up at four o'clock in the morning editing pictures. Um, well, there are so many different ways to do the same thing, um, of course, right. when it comes to Photoshop and Post. And a lot of people really love Lightroom and they use plugins and all kinds of things. And they, you know, use Capture One filters and stuff like that. But ultimately, the way that I work, it, it has been dictated by 25 years in Photoshop. So... Um, I work non-destructively and I work in a way that um, that allows me complete and total control within the program of Photoshop. So like, um, and that is because of working for so many years for people You in my, like, because I'm not a photographer like you that is doing stuff for just myself and it is for other clients. Um, it's all about being able to go backwards for me in the way that I do things. So like, for example, if I was to do... Um, if I was to do my own stuff and do this, all this crazy cool stuff in Capture One, that would be one thing for me that would make sense. And maybe for you, that makes sense um, to get these super looks, you know, super cool looks in there. And Capture One is an amazing program. But for me, like, I wouldn't do that. So, like, I would get um, the way that I start out is I try to get as much detail as possible because of my sort of my old school training in the dark room. You know, in the dark room, I was the person with the zero and five filter, like, trying to get every single tone that exists in a black and white print. And that made my day and that's and so i still do that in a way where um sometimes i'll get you know i'll get a, a photo like you how you're saying like art of course is going to do it's you know an amazing image and it's going to be perfectly exposed and so i do get great images from people to start however um that doesn't mean that there's detail in every area and things like that so i'll do typically i'll do multiple processes but i'll try to start in a place that's similar to where they were on set in terms of like color temperature and then I do everything in Photoshop from there. And so I like set myself up to have all of the um, different exposures I need and, um, you know, using smart objects and things like that. I'll like blend exposures by hand. Everything I do is like painting things in and it's, I don't have any like shortcuts that I feel like are valuable. Nothing is more valuable than doing something by hand methodically because you're going to have the ultimate control. You know, so when you're, that. so that's why, um, you know, in Photoshop and it's also so that you can go backwards. Like there's nothing that I do, like people will rotate their photos and then retouch on top of them and then try to go back to the beginning, you know, like, so, like madness like that. I can't even tell you the <laughs> files that I get because people do always want, they do want to work for me. And so they send me layered examples and like, they're always a mess. Like I've yet to see a layered file that wasn't from someone I taught, you know, that actually made sense and you could go back in time to the beginning, you know, if you wanted no retouching, um, 
So that's kind of, so I work sort of because it's been informed by the years and years of people in situations. Um, an example I could give you is a client where they sent me a reference and it was a magazine cover for, um, I think it was a variety. So they sent me a reference and it was incredibly warm. And they said, this is where we're going with this. And like super duper warm. We're talking like just, I mean, almost like color, but with sepia in it, like it's so <laughs> warm. And so I processed them out like that. Um, because they didn't have a lot of time. And then in the end, they decided to change their mind and go back. And so, so that's why it's like, in my line of work, you can't, you can't give yourself shortcuts in that way. If you can never go back to, um, you know, a place where maybe they saw it on set that wasn't that like skewed color to a specific temperature. Like you never want to make these giant moves if you can't go backwards. Um, yeah. You're giving me so, so much like PTSD from when I used to work <laughs> as a freelance designer. And uh -huh. I would just have like a flattened image and I would just go and they'd be like, we need to fix this. I'd be like, oh, oh my God. So now, now everything that would break, I would break out in hives. That sounds horrible. It, I did. I, well, they just fired you. So I, 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 <laughs> I gathered myself on the dusty street corner that they, they sent me down the elevator on. Uh, yeah. You always want to set yourself up for success. You want to make sure yeah. that you have everything as versatile as possible. Um, so you can go backwards again. It, these things take more time. But in the end, the image that you have, you have the ability to pull out any tone you want. There's no such thing as a blocked up shadow. There's no such thing as a blown out highlight the way that I work, but that's not how other people work. I've learned, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like some people will just process it out how they want it and maybe they don't have those details. So of course that's up to you and creative license. I mean, you got to go with what works for, you know, your aesthetic and maybe there is a certain look that you want and it's always going to be you know, a specific way. And so you build your workflow based on that and like where your end result's going to be, because you can save a lot of time, you know, working for yourself. It's a, it's a very different, um, type of workflow. You can save a ton of time, but where I'm working for others, really my, my methodology is about that. It's about, um, always being able to go backward. I've always wanted to know, like, what is the weirdest thing that you've had to Photoshop without giving away any names or anything like that? I know that there's plating and there's all these different things that you have to that you have to do. But what's some of the the weirdness? Like, can you give me any insight on how the sausage is made? There are. Oh, my gosh. There are so many stories of crazy, crazy things. Um, you know, you never know what someone's going to ask for. And this particular client, there was an image of, you know, a group of people at a bar and the image cut off at their feet. And so they wanted a bunch of space for type, but they didn't have any plates of the scene. I didn't have a floor. I didn't even have the people's feet. So in this particular situation, I had to make shoes and feet and I had to make a floor. And sometimes these are the things that happen, but it's problem solving. And I kind of, when I'm in it, I'm sort of like, I don't love it a ton because I'm like, this is crazy. Cause usually they'll want it like within their original deadline. It's like, oh, just make a floor and some feet, like whatever, totally fine. But I will work it out and like afterwards or kind of in that stage where I know I've got it and I'm making this floor and I'm finding these textures and I'm building something that looks realistic and I found a shoe and it's the right light and I can, you know, or sometimes I photograph things to put it in there. Um, I've made so I've made torsos, I've made arms, I've made a lot of things. Um, this is so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it is a really great moment when you like it goes from like your head on the desk going like, how am I going to do this to like when you somehow magically do it and it's almost like you're in like a trance or a zone and you come out of it and you're like, I, I just made like human parts and I made feet and I made <laughs> shoes and I made a floor from nothing. And that is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. It feels okay. pretty good. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I could picture like there's the monstrous PSD file that, that goes yeah. along with that and how big that is. So that's cool. I've made uh, so many things. I've made entire Subway restaurants. I mean, <laughs> so maybe maybe I should be cautious about like idolizing some of these photographers because maybe what I'm seeing is not, you know, because you think that these great people, that's all shot in camera. Like, how do they do that? But the more that I'm talking to you now, the more I'm recognizing, like, you know. Oh, no, a lot of it is a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> you know what it is? It's really time. It's like and people's expectation. So these photographers, something super duper common is the photographers are there with people who supposedly know exactly what they want. But after the shoot's done, all of a sudden they want something different. So the photographer literally didn't have the capability of getting a certain thing because they didn't know that a certain thing was needed. It's like sometimes if you have a horizontal and they want a vertical and there's, you know, it's a wide angle lens and you have to make all this space on top and bottom for like type or whatever it is they're going to use it for. A lot of times that's decided later. Yeah. Sometimes it's decided ahead of time and then that's amazing. But you can never really plan for people's crazy and... And then the person that you're dealing with sometimes doesn't even know what maybe someone higher up in the company, you know, whether it's like a big company like NBC or something like there might be someone else like, oh, wait, actually, we need this whole thing or something. Right. You know. Yeah. For like a billboard or something or some sort of like weird out of home signage situation. Oh, God, yeah, those things. <laughs> <laughs> I was a designer. I, I, the frame of reference is there. So. And you can always tell, like, I always see stuff that I didn't do. And like, there's things where, you know, like you can see it and you're like, that was not the plan. Like there's certain, I'm not going to name the names, <laughs> but even certain covers of magazines are like. I know instantly it was a head swap and his head was in a totally different position. Yeah. Like you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, like. You can see like the little green screen in the background or something. <laughs> no, no, you can just tell. Cause like sometimes people will take heads from different sets. People love to swap heads and they like it too much. And back in the day they didn't do it so much, but now everybody wants a new head, a new arm. Like, oh, I like his pocket better in this one. Oh, her foot's better in that one. Like sometimes it gets truly like unnecessary. You know, yeah. a lot of times I like it the way it was before. Like yeah. the way the photographer actually captured it, but it can get pretty weird. You know, you mentioned earlier about about getting older and about how you kind of learn that you only have like one go around about this. I know I'm, I'm about to be 31 and I know I'm just still like very young in the scheme of things, but mm -hmm. I remember in my 20s and I feel like that's for the most part, I have no idea how to like with the analytics or whatever, but I would imagine that people are listening to this. Most of them are kind of just setting out. So they're probably like in their 20s or maybe they're in school, or whatever. But um. I, I have learned recently that as time goes on, like, yeah, like everything kind of comes, comes together eventually, but just those, those first awkward years. And what's so weird is that I've, I've been here. It feels strange because I feel like I've been here before. I've done this before, right? Like I was an amateur DJ and now I do like 350 people weddings and, and I don't even mm -hmm. think about it. Like it doesn't even necessarily, but I forget like how long it's taken for that to happen. So I know that that's possible, but mm -hmm. yet the ego now we're on the outset of this new journey, like this new chapter and everything else will inform it. But that doubt and those reservations like still um, kind of creep in. But then having had that experience, I and, and talking to people like yourself and Victoria, it's like, yeah, dude, like it's going to be fine. Like, rela like relax, just talk to the mm -hmm. people, just be in the bull and, you know, be with the bull in the arena kind of thing. The thing is, is you will, just like you said, you didn't realize like how it became easy Sorry, for you to be a DJ <laughs> for these 300 something people, like where you didn't think about it. It's like, you're gonna be there at some point with your photography too. It's just experience, yeah. just time. It's just, you know, time under pressure. Like you're doing, you're doing it, you know, you're you know, everything that you do, um, you know, you're gaining experience. But the thing is, is is you want it and, and it means something to you. And so you're going to do it. 
It basically, yeah. we, I mean, that's what some people don't really realize until they're older is that we do create our own reality. It's like, if you think something is impossible, guess what? It's impossible. Right. Right. Because yeah. that's what you're telling yourself. But if you think that it's doable, you're going to do it, you know, and, and, that, and this podcast, I feel like your passion for it, the fact that you're seeking out these questions, you're literally talking to just a ridiculous roster of people, you know, and so <laughs> I'm in the room, like, baby, you, I'm doing it. I'm here. You are, you are. <laughs> love it and enjoy it every minute. Because just like with your, you know, your, um, your music career, it's like, it's going to be that same thing. It's just, it's just doing, it's just moving forward. It's only that you're stopping and looking back at that, but one day you'll do the same thing, you know, but yeah. what's crazy is, um, this is my second podcast that I've done now. And I think it's funny that we're talking about this because I was talking to my husband about it earlier that when I did that podcast two years ago, um, talking about, I don't really talk about my journey or whatever. It, that's what makes you realize. Cause like, if you're a person like me, like I'm always moving forward and it sounds like you are too. It's like when you're going and going, it's something new, something exciting, you're learning, you're living life. It's so easy to stop or for, to forget like that you need to stop and look back. And sometimes you just don't you like forget sometimes like how much has happened to get you to this point, you know? And so I think yeah. it's interesting. You're thinking about that with your previous career, because I just know that you're going to be doing the same thing, you know, in a certain amount of years about your photography career. And you're gonna be like, I can't believe, you know, I question. I can't this, believe I, I embarrassed like, myself in front of all my favorite photographers. Like <laughs> right, right. I did 10 episodes in a row knowing absolutely nothing. And asked all these <laughs> dumb questions. I can't believe I did that. No, no, well, it's the best. <laughs> it's awesome. I think I'm going to be all right. I just need to, no, just do the relax. next right thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. with, with, you know, you have to challenge yourself. You have to do scary things in order to have change. There's nothing in life. You know what I mean? There's no change that can exist without some sort of discomfort. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Think about it. There's literally no way to change. I have to bomb and accidentally format a card with like a huge celebrity and mm. stuff like that. It's coming. I know it's waiting for me. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, it's going to be okay. Everybody feels like, you know, we all get stressed and we worry and there's always it, this sort of mentality that there, that there are these emergencies or th these things that, you know, these reasons for stress, but really it's all okay. Yeah. You know, if you think about the worst possible scenario it's still gonna be okay because it's like did you die though like no you know it's like <laughs> but did you die no did you exactly. die though yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like it's all like we're but that's the thing is we're humans humans are actually our brains are wired for fight or flight it's yeah. true it's biology so you have to like you know you have to tell yourself well it's actually it's funny that we would talk about this right now because you're talking about 20s and you're talking about 30s but here I am in my 40s, and what I can say You to cannot you, tell. You can't tell. I was thinking at least uh, 30. I do look <laughs> younger. It's 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 retouching. Hey, you want to be a retoucher? <laughs> That's what you get. You yes. sit in a dark room for 20 years. You're going to be well-preserved. She has but, not um, seen the sun in years. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you Sorry. for saying that, though. You are my best friend now, officially, that you yes. said that. Um, but what I was going to say is you're talking about 20s and 30s, and when I think about myself in my 40s and I look back and – think about myself in my thirties. It's crazy because I wish I could tell that 30 something person that you can do all of the same things that you're doing, like where I would not be sleeping, you know, I, this business, it's all deadlines. Like I would be, you know, I felt like I had to stress and I had to worry about everything it, because that's what meant I cared, right? Like I felt like that stress was part of it and worry was part of it because you love it and you care and you want it to be so great and you're not going to sleep and you're not going to eat and you're going to do all these things. And what I've learned now that I'm in my forties and it took me a while, it actually took me the pandemic because we're going to go back to that again, learning <laughs> in the pandemic, but it took it me. It was the best of times and the worst yeah, of times. Yeah. 100%. But yeah. so 
so that what I did learn, what I took from the past two years, two well more than that, but um, is that I finally learned that I can do all those same things. I can stay up late. I can, you know, work incredibly fast, you know, ignore food, ignore being a person that has to get up and drink water, you know, like do all of the same things, meet the same exact deadlines, do the same great work, but I can actually remove the stress and the worry. Whereas I never could do that before. Like I finally figured it out. And it's just, it's like, a ma it's a matter of self-love. It's like, yeah. you have to do those things. Why would you do those things that you love and have that stress and worry when you can do all those things with joy and with gratitude? So instead of being concerned about the clock and stressing, I'm concerned about the clock because I have to be for the deadline, but I'm enjoying it. Like I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm finding it through just like being grateful. It's like, I get to do this for a living. Right. Like I get to that this here working on these photos, it's two in the morning and I have a deadline, but this, you know, enabled me to get this house and to take care of my son and my husband, you know, it's like, there doesn't have to be stress in that. You can do all the same things and just remove the stress. Yeah. But I never knew that. And I think if I had, if someone had told me that, I'd be like, what are you talking about? You're bonkers lady. It's like, you can't really tell someone <laughs> that it's kind of like, I equate it to if you've ever had a person in your life that was in love with someone and you knew it was going to end badly. Oh yeah. You can't tell them don't love that person. They're wrong for you. Don't marry that person, you know? And like, I've seen it happen where it's like everybody, but that person knew it was not going to end well. Right? As a DJ, it happens all the time. I'd yeah. say, I'd say like 40, <laughs> 40 to 50% of the weddings that I DJ, I'm going, eh, boy, this is not Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. So, but you can't tell someone <laughs> not to be in love. And I feel like it's the same way about stress. Like you can't tell someone stop stressing out. Like stop worrying. Like right. it's a really hard thing to do. They just look at you like you're insane, but but really you can, you can find that. Like you can do all the same stuff and just be more joyful yeah. about it, you know, and do exactly the same thing, but you're improving your quality of life, which goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. You know, life is short. Why not be extraordinary? Why not feel all the joy that you can feel, get as much as you can, you know, think about it that way. It's like, you're spending that same moment. You're doing the same thing, right? Whether you're retouching, whether you're in a, on a photo shoot, you know, the best photos, I think, when I talk to photographers come from, from when they're in the moment and they're enjoying that person that they're shooting. They're not thinking about something that they can't deal with, like something in their head, like something about tomorrow, something about that happened yesterday. It's like they're in that moment and they're finding that joy. And that's when the best stuff comes, just like the best stuff in anything, the best yeah. moments, the best photos, the best existence. For sure. Molly, my therapist, you're fired. Just so you know, Angie Hayes is my new therapist. This is so good. Uh, just kidding, Molly. I love you. She has this cute dog named Parker, and we call him Parker the Barker, and he's my favorite dog who ever lived. My wife and I share the same therapist. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but yeah, it's okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> she's part of the reason why I am I am somewhat becoming this relatively well-rounded human, and, and I'm talking about all these big existential things on the show. So. We'll see. Yeah, it's uh, good. It's, good. it's yeah. like time right now where it seems like people need to hear it. Like, it's funny. Sometimes people call me to talk about images and they'll end up getting this whole diatribe about Instagram and how like, bad <laughs> they feel. And I'm like, okay, compare equals despair. And we'll get into this whole thing where I like yeah. have to tell them to stop doing that and like about taking care of themselves. And it ends up being like a, like more of like a therapy session than like, <laughs> and a, you know, trying to talk about retouching. But I think just the world seems to need a, a lot more love right now. And I'm, yeah. If I can supply a little of that, that makes me happy. I feel happy right now. This freaking podcast is awesome. This is so good. <laughs> That's gonna be the, the we're gonna I'm gonna name this Angie Hayes part one. Uh <laughs> you will be back on the show for sure. This has been so much fun. We'll put a pin in it here. Um 
where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? Um, the Happy Pixel Project. What's up with the name? What? Where did that come from? I sh- that oh, should the be name. Huh? Question number one. But you know, I always do this. Like the the most obvious question. I I don't like that'd be a good icebreaker. Yeah. But we're we're far past that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the name I wrote down like a thousand names in a notebook, and then one night I was just doing crunches, and that name popped into my head, and that's literally the true story. <laughs> I remember where I was on the floor, everything. It just popped into my head, and and it just felt right because. You know, it, it's it's too long for email addresses, so I didn't think about that at the time. But like, you know, it's just it's it's about finding your happy place in each image. You know, finding the happy place because really, what I do is I look at an image and I try to figure out a way to take all the distractions away, minimize all the distractions, and bring out all of the interesting points and move your eye around the frame and all of the amazing things that make visual art the greatest thing in the world, in my opinion. So like, it is about happiness and the happy pixels you know i love it that's so good that's yeah. perfect and it's happy pixels project.com yeah is <laughs> the website is probably the easiest <laughs> way to find me the happy pixel project.com you can there's a contact tab the website is out of date so ignore that i'm trying to update it soon <laughs> and then instagram <laughs> she's busy angie people if you haven't got that she's a very busy lady that's cool. <laughs> yeah the yeah. instagram is angie marie hayes but i'm horrible at it um it will take me three months to answer your dms but i will answer them long and thoroughly and with love but it will take forever yes absolutely this has been so much fun it's gonna... all right <laughs> it was well, awesome talking to you you too likewise we'll uh we'll keep in touch and uh, we'll definitely be doing this again soon and even if it's not a podcast form so, yeah awesome. awesome all right take care, take care bye, bye.